Hello, and welcome to All Things Apostolic. My name is Casey Cease. Over the past couple episodes, we have been discussing dispensations and a dispensational reading of Scripture. Last week, Pastor Jeremy Wilbanks discussed the dispensation of promise and the dispensation of law. And Pastor Miles Young discussed the dispensation of grace and the millennium. If you haven't watched these episodes, I encourage you to go back and watch them, as they have been very informative. This week, we are going to change up gears a little bit and join Dr. Nathaniel Wilson and Dr. Johnny King on their tour of the Holy Lands. Today, Dr. Wilson and Dr. King are joined by Pastor Clark in Joppa. Stay tuned for this exciting episode. Jaffa. Today it's called Jaffa. Bs are replaced with Fs. But this is the original city of Jaffa. And as many of you who know your Bible uh, immediately would relate it with, would be Jonah in the Old Testament and Peter in the New Testament. We have arrived here. Uh, hour and a half ago or so. We had a good dinner here. They had Peter's fish. We didn't eat it. We ate something else, but a uh, very good restaurant. And uh, right now we're sitting at a very interesting place uh, or standing in the case of Dr. Johnny King and Pastor Clifford Clark and myself. We are actually on a little jetty here and uh, Dr. King can you tell us a little bit about this particular port this is the port at Joppa but what's unique about this port the Joppa is one of the oldest cities in the world it's been continuously inhabited probably 5,000 years this port unlike many river ports does not have a river flowing into it so it was not silted up over time the shoreline here at this location is the same place it would have been when when jonah was here and it's the same shoreline that would have been here when Peter was here so this is virtually unchanged i mean they've got they've got new great walls and and concrete piers and things, but this is where the fort was in Joppa, thousands for thousands of years. So the story of Jonah, uh, of course, is an Old Testament story. Jonah was an Old Testament prophet, uh, which from the time that we're at right now would have been something like 25, 24, 2500 years ago, and uh, who came to this port God sent him to Nineveh, and when he came to this port, he did not want to go to Nineveh, and so he got a ticket to go to a place named Tarshish. Tarshish, the only Tarshish that can be found that would have been back that far, is thought to be on the coast of Spain, which is about 2,000 miles 
from where we're at. So when, when the Bible lets us know that Jonah was running from God, he was really running from God and went a long ways out of the way in getting to Nineveh. But eventually, you know the story. It's a tremendous story. The book of Jonah is one of the most important books in the Old Testament. Maybe we can take a moment to talk about why. But uh, it's a tremendous story of how he resisted doing the will of God and resisted going to these heathen Gentiles in Nineveh. But God persisted and got him there. So there's a lot of leadership stories and other things involved here. However, uh, Jonah's going to Nineveh and his resistance to do so becomes a model for the resistance of the whole nation of Israel to do the will of God to reach Gentiles. Jonah was biased. Jonah let his election as the special people of God become a form of elitism. And then as this elitist now, he thought of these Ninevites as being trash, as being, and they were very violent people. They were known as some of the most vicious warriors that there were. Uh, history and legend both tell us that there was a stack of uh, skulls outside each gate, a large mountain of skulls of enemies that they destroyed. The whole city was always on edge, maybe a little more like spirit of a cartel or something. Uh, but Nineveh did not want to go to these people, just as Israel did not want to go to the Gentiles and had an elitist uh, attitude towards them. Bible scholars are surprised that the book of Jonah even made it into the Bible because uh, the Israelites would look at, they knew good and well that Jonah was a story that exemplified, exemplified Israel and that uh, and that it was really an indictment, but nevertheless, God made sure it got in there. So, the Old Testament story of Jonah has many parts to it, and uh, there's a lot of important things there for us to learn. However, this city is also very famous, and some of the most important things in world history, that's not an exaggeration, uh, Joppa played an important part of that. So in the New Testament, when you get to the New Testament, um, what about Joppa, Pastor Clark? What about Joppa uh, holds special significance for all of us? It, it is a privilege to be here today and to think that in this very area is where Jonah uh, set sail and did not do the will of God. But also in the New Testament, this is where that Peter had his vision right to my left over here, where we just had lunch, Peter is where he had his vision about God opening the door to all of the Gentiles, and how that God began to open up this door, and at the same time was dealing with Cornelius, and he sent his servants to come here and meet with Peter, and it began to open up the door of all of us, of Gentiles, to be able to receive the truth and be grafted in and receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized in Jesus' name. So this is an important city. Um, scripturally, Joppa, Peter was here prior to, of course, uh, the vision that Cornelius had in Acts chapter 10. Uh, because be before that ever happened, Peter was here in the house of one Simon, a tanner. 
the, the Bible lets us know pretty specifically that Simon the Tanner's house was on this beach right here, right down at the seaside. And uh, maybe it was separated from the other houses because of the smell that would be with the hides of, uh, of slaughtered animals. And then he takes the hides and tans them, which is where the word Simon the Tanner comes from. But nevertheless, Peter was already in his house and evidently they were well acquainted. Peter stayed there many days. While he is there in another city that the Bible identifies as Lydda, uh, a very important woman in the early church there died and uh, and the people were so sad and so they they found out that Peter was here in Joppa she was in Lydda and uh, so they sent to Joppa to get Peter to come uh, to pray for her even though she was already dead uh, Dr. King what can you tell us a little bit about Lydda and a little bit about that story Flitta is the site of today's Ben-Gurion Airport. It used to be called the Lod Airport, which was the Old Testament name for Lydda. The Old Testament was Lod. The New Testament is Lydda. And uh, today it's, it's the site of the airport. It's about eight miles from where we're at. So an easy one day's journey. And, uh, and I, I was thinking it was pretty amazing that that when he was here, when he came back to Joppa, and he was on the housetop, from the housetop, he could look out and have a view of the Mediterranean. So the Mediterranean Ocean was the, it was the highway of the Roman Empire that linked all of the countries and cities around the Mediterranean. From, from this viewpoint, he could look south to where Africa was, Egypt, Tunisia, uh, modern-day Morocco, uh, Carthage, and then you go on around to Spain and France and Italy and Greece and up the coast to where they called Asia, which is modern-day Turkey. All of this was accessible from this point. And he didn't realize the significance if he were looking out at that view over the ocean. He didn't realize the significance, I don't think, of what was about to happen when God sinned in the Yes. So this is the place after he had raised Tabitha, he went to Lydda. Uh, what was the old name of Lydda Testament? Lowe. And, and was the Ben-Gurion Airport named after Lowe? No, they used to be called the Lowe Airport and then the Lydda Airport. Okay, so the Old Testament name was there uh, at the present airport. The Lode Airport, and then later the Lida Airport, now the Ben-Gurion Airport. So all of this connects with the biblical picture here. Anyway, he raises Tabitha from the dead. He comes back here. He stays at Simon's house many days. Cornelius, in the meantime, has a vision from an angel. God sends him because he was a holy man that sought after God. He sends him to this place and to the house of uh, Simon the Tanner, which could not have been very many yards from where I'm sitting and we are talking right now. He sends him to this place and uh, he says, see, ask for a man named Peter. Peter's on the rooftop, as Dr. King just explained, and uh, he has this vision of a sheep late, let down with all these different kinds of animals that they were not allowed to eat as Jews, and they begin to eat of these 
uh, God tells him to partake of these animals and don't call them unclean. So all of this took place there. The, the, the incredible significance of that is, is Cornelius is the first Gentile to come into the church. Yes. And so all of this world changing. And if, if Gentiles had not come into the church, the church would have just been a small Jewish enclave of some kind. But when the Gentiles come into the church, that is the beginning of the explosion of Christianity into the world. And I'm talking about apostolic Pentecostal Christianity into the world. Until today, Pentecostalism uh, encompasses about 700 million people, between six and 700 million people, which is approximately 10% of the world's congregation. All of that started right here in Java. 